In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Buenas tardes, senores and senoritas. Welcome to Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable, the mystical, the magical, the macabre, New England's own Van Helsing. And with me across the pond is the very dapper Mr. Parascience himself, Stephen Parsons. Why, thank you. Good evening, Ron. How are you? Ah, uh, better than nothing. <laughs> Mr. Cheerful as ever. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I guess uh, I guess Cal is is on important business and can't be with us. Yep, he's he's doing important government work. I understand. Uh, it's Has very it hush hush. It's very hush hush. We are not allowed to talk about it. Uh, okay. Interesting. Apparently. But Apparently. Um, do you do you believe? Uh, well, I mean, it, it's, we, we talk about uh, welcome to Ghost Chronicles right here on uh, TojiNet, Parax, Ghost Channel, and beyond. Um, I, I just finished an investigation this past Friday night. Uh, it was, it was, we had to go out by a, it was a spark plug lighthouse. Do you know what that is? Um, no, but uh, the sort of the name does that convey the shape of the lighthouse? Pretty much, it's it's basically a, a big tube in the water. Cool. You know, it, there's no land or anything. It's a, you know, they have a little cement pond, I guess, island or whatever it is. And then uh, the lighthouse is on top of it. But this is a privately owned one uh, because all the lighthouses are being given up by the lighthouse service or the Coast Guard. And uh, they're either being leased or uh, sold outright. And this is in the harbor in uh, New Bedford. It was kind of cool. The guy uh, bought it and is, uh, he was from the Midwest and... He painted it all up and everything else, and uh, it's really cool. Um, and we went in, and it's totally decorated, nice, and everything else. But it was small, very small. But it was the only way you could get to it was by Zodiac, and uh, so that was interesting, carrying equipment. And, and I had two young ladies, Karen Ruck and Leslie Madden, who were with me, who were both petrified of boats and water and heights. And so that was really more interesting. <laughs> I was just thinking, the petrified of boats, water, and heights, and yet they're going out in a Zodiac to do a ghost investigation on a lighthouse. I know, I know. Well, they, with, uh, they, were, they were with me, so it made it all worth it. Well, there you go. Now, it's pretty cool because, I mean, we've got, um, you know, I live on the coast, and we've got some, uh, they're not accessible. Uh, we've got some um, Napoleonic forts, and we've, we've got the odd lighthouse. Um, but all of ours are... 
Uh, one or two are privately owned, but none of them are available for any form of private or public visit or, or investigation. Um, there is one of these uh, Martello Towers that they're called. They're, they're defensive uh, sea forts built in the Napoleonic era. Um, and there is one that is haunted and was available uh, for public investigation and private investigation. But a year uh, last year, um, they had a flooding issue and ended up with six foot of seawater in the basement. And it, because it's also a working museum, they've had to shut down for a couple of years while they deal with that problem. Oh, um, but that's the only one we've got. When we're not short of um, you know structures. Uh, you we've know, got. To have, if you ever do come over here, it'd be fun to have you go out on one of these and uh, spend the night there with. Uh, yeah. You know. Well, it's one of my ambitions is to spend the night in Alcatraz, but. Yeah, I, you know, Alcatraz, is to be honest with you, it's a big place, and, you know, it's hyped up so much, and so many people have visited it. Uh, I kind of tend to stay away from those places, to be honest with you, even though well, they're, they're, you know, so notable, you know, whatever. It just, it, it just kind of takes away from me. Uh, well, it's only because, I mean, A, it looks a pretty cool place, but also oh, yeah. The, yeah. The, um, the thing about Alcatraz is that this this... I, it's probably hyped, but you know nobody can spend the night on Alcatraz on their own. Uh, I would, I would, yeah, and I know you would. I would stay anywhere, you know. Yeah, and pretty much, you know. I mean, any hotel is a haunted room. I'm in it, you know. Yeah, got my exactly. cameras rolling. I'm all excited, you know. It's, it's the, the only problem with staying in these haunted hotels and places overnight is you never get any sleep because I'm forever, you know. You, I'm almost not frightened to go to sleep. I'm frightened of missing something, so I end up staying awake all night, sitting there I, reading. I always record. I record for hey, long. So if I'm going to any any place and, uh, uh, you know, I'll stay up as long as I stay up, and then when it's time for me to go to bed, which I can sack out anywhere, uh, I'll go, and I'll just have cameras run. So I'm not going to miss anything. Trust me. Um, I, I always remember uh, <laughs> a lesson taught to us by Richard. Um, when he was on the Queen Mary, and he oh he, Richard Felix, I remember him. Yeah, and he was in the haunted one of the haunted state rooms and fell asleep and missed everything. <laughs> and it was only the next day when they played back the tapes that uh, he realised that all hell had broken loose while he was sleeping soundly. I'd hate yeah. to miss it. I really hate to miss it. I mean, let's be honest. It's great to capture it on equipment, but it's even cooler when you get it to experience it yourself. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's that's why I stay in these haunted rooms. I mean, we went to Gettysburg with Richard and we went to this uh, this farm we were on, which was on the battlefield. And uh, uh, Maureen, who was our medium, uh, went through the different rooms and, and I had actually a couple of meetings with her. And nobody wanted this room. It's like, oh, cool. I'm here. But the only thing you got to remember when you do run these cameras that uh, you can't get undressed in front of them. <laughs> um, yes, that's uh we used to um, with some of the private. Yeah, we learned it the hard way too. But um, it wasn't us that got captured. It was um, we. We gave. Uh, there was a family who who had reported some activity in the house, and of course, it's not possible to be there twenty four seven. So we right. we gave them a camera, and we set it up linked to their uh, their own domestic VCR. This was many years ago. And we offered to collect the tapes periodically and review them and then give them some fresh tapes to work on and 
Um, the camera was there for about three, three weeks maybe. And uh, of course, even though it was painted yellow and it was on a bright orange tripod, yeah. um, it, it becomes invisible after a few days. And uh, unfortunately for the family, uh, and a hard lesson we learned was... Um, as I say, it becomes invisible, and this particular camera was pointing straight at the bathroom door, which oh which they reported as moving, you see. So, uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. so after that, we insisted that the client has to view all of the footage before we took the tapes away. <laughs> but but it got... Uh, we lost the camera on another case about a year later. Really? Um, yeah. Um, well, <laughs> say lost it. We never dared go back and collect it. What happened was there was a young couple uh, in their 20s. They'd been, they'd been married about three or four months, and they'd moved into a house together, and they were having some strange things taking place. So we gave them the camera. Uh, we told them how to set it up, and we said to them, uh, you know, plug it into your VCR, set it up, uh, point it, you know, in the direction that you think is where stuff might be taking place. Um, make sure you look at the tapes, and when, you're, you know, when you've used them all up, we'll come and collect them and swap them for some blank ones. Mm-hmm. So, a fortnight later, we go round, we collected the tapes. They said that they were fine, they'd watched them. Uh, it turned out this pair of exhibitionists oh my were God. having way too much fun with the camera, and to be honest, we never dared go back and pick it up. Um, it was only, you know, it was only a $50 item, um, and it had been, it, it was past its best and we, you know, we, we could afford to get rid of it, but nobody was brave enough to go knock on the door and pick it up a second time. You had the tapes you could always sell on the internet. (laughs) No, we erased them straight away, but, uh, (laughs) you know, you, you, (laughs) so we're a bit reluctant now when it comes to cameras, uh, being left on all night to uh, a lesson we learned the hard way. But you're the one with all the gadgets. I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know what's funny though is, is like we. I stayed at one place and I did the same thing. But this is this is back in the early days when we didn't have all those digital DVRs and all that stuff. And we had the old camcorders with the uh, VHS tapes in them. And I I set up two cameras in the room and um, bench went to bed and. All of a sudden, I got woke up. The bed was shaking and moving and and jumping. It was really amazing. And so, and I and I looked up and I saw the two cameras there. And I was like, oh, "Cool!" And uh, you know, I grabbed my EMF meter and see if I could get any readings and all this stuff. And I saw this little shadow go by. And I was like, "Oh, this is so cool! We got it all." And then I went and checked the two camcorders, and both of them had run out of tape. <laughs> How many times does that happen? Yeah, you, you the, know what? All the cameras pointing in the wrong direction. In fact. I can give you one one final funny camera story. Um, and it, it comes directly from that because we discovered that, you know, you set these cameras up on the tripods and you make sure that they're all powered up and you've got plenty of tape. Mm-hmm. And inevitably, they're pointing in the wrong direction. Uh, whatever happens, happens behind the camera or just off to one side of the screenshot. And it's always pointing in the wrong direction. So what we decided to do is make sure that everybody... We, we had some on tripods, but we said to everybody... If you've got your camcorder, carry it around with you all the time and, you know, film, film whatever you're doing. Um, so one of our, one of our team members um, did exactly that. And 
in between times when he was going for breaks, he, he'd have the camera on record and uh, we got the tape back to watch the footage. And it was great footage, you know, walking up the corridor, down the steps, all the different things that he was doing, panning it around. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, uh, as part of his break, he decided to go to the toilet, to the men's room. And he hung the camera around his neck and we knew what was going to happen next because the camera was pointing straight at his feet as he went into the restroom. And we're going, turn it off. Please, don't, don't keep record, don't, don't keep, and he did, he kept recording for the whole, whole session. Yeah. Is that the one, is that the guy you nicknamed Long John? Uh, no, no, I'm not going to tell you what his nickname is, but, um... He, well, he was awarded member of the month. There you go. Uh, so, yeah, it, we, we, you know, by trial and error, you learn how to use the equipment properly. Yeah, that, that's the important thing is, I mean, you've got to know how to use this stuff. And, and you've got to think all the time because some things, you know, you just overlook. Uh, and by the way, if anybody wants to call in, if they have a story, uh, a funny one is cool, of uh, ghost hunting or their own experiences of, of something they've captured and they'd like to share with us, they can call us at 877-864-4869, 877-864-4869, if you'd like to share your story with us, and uh, there you go. I'll tell you what, though, you're absolutely right. One of the, one of the sayings that I, I think I'm most fond of um, is RTFM. What is that? Um, well, it's read the f- manual. <laughs> And it's, it's amazing how many times uh, people have come up during an investigation um, and they don't know how a piece of equipment operates, they don't know how to change the settings. Uh, it, it, just, it just blows you away. You, they spend hundreds of, hundreds of dollars on this high-tech ghost stuff, and yet they've never read the instruction book. They've never right, you know, figured out how to work it. In, in the United States, uh, that's how we separate the men from the, the, the women, is that men never read, in, read instructions, and women, of course, go through all the books uh, before they do anything. And uh, that's the way it's done. Men just don't read manuals in the United States, uh, unfortunately. That's the same over here, though. But I think for what we do in terms of um, using the equipment for gathering evidence, we you've got to... You, you, well, you've got to absolutely know where all of the controls are because, you know, you're operating perhaps in darkness or a dim, dimmed light mm-hmm. and, you know, you haven't got time to go fumbling about looking for different switches and settings and, uh, you know, all the different controls and options that you've got. You've got to be able to know how to use the piece of equipment. Um, otherwise... <laughs> You know, set it up wrong, and you know, I've seen I've seen photographs and videotape handed in where the date is the first of January nineteen hundred because nobody set the clock. A simple thing like that. So yeah, annoying, know, though. I hate setting the clock. Well, yeah, but in terms of you know, you got two pieces of equipment, you've got the same event on both, but evidentially, if one's showing the first of January nineteen hundred and the other's showing the first of December two thousand and six, you've got. Know. You've got no corroboration between the two, have you, in terms of presenting that as evidence later? Well, I mean, that's the key, though. I mean, when you, you hit on something that's really important, are you presenting it? it? It depends what you're doing with the evidence. I mean, if you're just presenting it to, say, a client and saying, okay, this is what we capture, is it important that we have the date on it, the right date? 
Or if we're doing it for scientific research, well, maybe that's that's. I mean, not maybe. It's definitely important, but I don't know. I think, I think it's absolutely essential, regardless of yeah, what you do. I know. Because I know. How can you make any form of you know comparison between two pieces of footage? How do you know for certain that the two photographs were taken on the same day? You're right. You're absolutely right. It's it's so funny because I have people that do things for me so i always have them do that because uh because of that i'm just so lazy sometimes i don't change it i've had <laughs> i've had that happen to me that's why i i admit it uh yeah i it's true it's it you should and that's no say no more but you you certainly i mean i mean, i was going through i mean only recently on facebook you were uh, you just bought three new cool pieces of kit and you've You've got f- way more gadgets uh, available, um, or in your in your ghost hunting kit than than we. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, what's what do you think is perhaps uh, you know the most useful? What's your top three? Well, you are the number one gadget, so <laughs> that's really. I mean, you, yeah, you, no, so, yeah. I you know, I mean, to me, I top, go into top a three a, bits of of ghost tech. In tech is, is yeah another story, but I mean to me, if you were going to investigate, I mean you could go. Uh, was who was the one that always says is a calorie? You just a Karen that you all you need is a, a pen and a paper and, and yourself. And, and, and in reality, I think that's really what you need. But let's let's talk gadgets. You're right. Let's talk gadgets. Um, but anyways, well, we we actually have um, a, a comment before we go into that from uh, Trish in the. Uh, uh, Parex chat room. So let me let me read that to you. Which she says she can't call in, but on one of her, her investigations, uh, the young lady whose house it was uh, was said that there was a demon. Uh, Steve, my team, led me to the best to handle a demon spiritually and physically, and I had said any demons here attack Steve. Hmm. Uh, Steve thought it was a joke and text Steve so that joke is with us all the time. Oh, I get it. Uh, yeah, so yeah, there was a. She went to a house evidently. That's kind of cute actually. And um, there was supposed to be a demon in here. So she said, "If there are any demons in here, can you uh, attack Steve?" And he thought it said text Steve, which is. <laughs> I don't know. I like. It. I like it too. <laughs> I actually put that on my Facebook. There was a I saw that one. Uh, it was a modern seance. Basically, everybody had their cell phones on a table, and they're saying, "If there are any spirits here, can you text us?" Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Cal's not on tonight, but um, I, I don't know if any, has anybody had any texts from the dead. I'm sure they have. There was there was just a recent case here in the United States. I think uh, at the end of last year or the beginning of this year where uh, they were getting emails and text uh, messages from uh, someone who had just recently passed. What about, anyway, go on, give, go, let's get back to this top three ghost Oh, yeah, again, right. Ping you down on that. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, so thank you, Trish, for that, that uh, story. Anyways, and anybody else has a story, they can call in at 877-864-4869, 877-864-4869, if they'd like to share it with us. And we won't make... Actually, that was a cute story. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of pieces of equipment. And uh, if I was to go out 
with, uh, you, you said three pieces of equipment, huh? I, I would definitely take an EMF meter, and I would definitely take a pendulum. And uh, those were actually the, the two most important things that I would take with me. It's interesting you mentioned the pendulum. Um, right. What's the rationale for the, behind the pendulum? You, do you subscribe to this idea that was put about by... Um, oh, blow, I've forgotten his name. Um, <laughs> Devon Research. Yeah, Devon Researcher back in the 1960s. Um, come on, somebody help me out here. I'm looking at the bookshelf now for the, for the damn book. Um, who was a great advocate of... Uh, being able to douse for energies, um, mm -hmm. residual energies. Okay. T.C. Lethbridge, there you go. And he, okay. he produced several books. One, one was actually called Ghost and the Divining Rod. Oh. Um, but there's been some quite successful um, dousing in terms of the paranormal, um, <laughs> particularly in, in, in relation to archaeology. Maybe Brian... Um, we should have asked Brian last week because... Oh, Dan, um, I didn't know he did that stuff. That's cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm big in the dowsing. I love dowsing. I, uh, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, there are rational explanations for it, but GM, you get some cool results from it. So it's, it's one of those things that's why I do this. It's, it's so unexplained, so really cool. What is it just paranormal you douse for? Have you tried for water and stuff like that? Oh, I've done, you know, lost items before and... Uh, I don't do water, but, uh, you know, I, I, I took it taking a dowsing class before where they, you know, they put a line of tape on the on the uh, floor and you walk along with the dowsing rods or, or the pendulum, whatever you use. And uh, sure enough, it will pick up on this tape because you visualize it as water. So it's kind of interesting. But I, I know, I know, absolutely know that you can manipulate the pendulum uh, yourself. Uh, and not obviously. I, I, well, now is the manipulation. I don't know how it's done. Actually, is it done with your mind? Is it done with, you know, minute motor actions? Which you know, a lot of people explain well how that works, but they they don't really really explain how it works. They don't tell you what muscles or what nerves are actually moving the pendulum or whatever, but and how it actually goes from your head to the thing and all this whole thing. But anyways, it's. It's really, it, it's a cool thing, and I, I like doing it, and it certainly, it seems when I do dowsing, it seems like the energy levels definitely uh, raise one way or the other, so it, it, it's kind of cool. That's, that's why I always carry a, a dowsing pedal with me at all times. Uh-huh. I, I seem to recall, um, I don't know, so I, I can't confirm it now, but I definitely recall reading that U.S. combat troops in Vietnam we're yeah, using, I, 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 we're yeah, dousing yeah, for so, mines. Yeah, well, they, tunnels. Mines, but they actually, for uh, Viet Cong tunnels, I've actually seen That's the right. uh, the uh, article uh, on that. Uh, yeah, I remember it was reading it. Saigon paper, too, in fact, uh, uh, when they were there. So, yeah, yeah, dowsing, you know, I mean, there are, there are water companies, I mean, we're talking municipal water companies in the United States that carry these big-ass dowsing rods with them in the trucks. And, you know, it, so there is... There's some type of validity there, and it, you know, whether it's a belief or whatever it is, or, or we're only just tapping in ourselves, but whatever it is, there's something there. So it, it makes it interesting, certainly worth pursuing. And, uh, but like I said, I know that, that anyone can manipulate the Dow's rods or the pendulum or anything. I, I know that for, 
a fact. Because um, yeah, the same, yeah. at exactly the same time, would would these bigger oil companies and the military would they waste time and effort on on dousing if it um, didn't work? If it didn't work or it wasn't productive, and I just need to clarify because um, you said earlier we were talking about Brian and dousing for archaeology. Um, mm. I was referring to um, the work of. Um, historical researchers who actually use dowsing in terms of archaeology and brian was an archaeologist and he's just making the point in in the Togginet chat room that he doesn't use pendulums when he's when he's doing archaeology well maybe you um, should start you know what i'm saying yeah brian maybe you should start <laughs> so yeah i mean would they would i mean would shell and exxon and bp and and these the municipal know, water companies are the army you know i mean yeah why why would they waste time and and resources on something that is so flaky mm-hmm. i i or remember my, flaky. the first time uh, david wells came over here when he did some events with me and we went to of course a lighthouse uh, we did this lighthouse <laughs> thing and, and uh i was by myself and and he was doing his thing, and, and I had uh, an EMB, EMF meter in one hand and a, and a pendulum in the other hand, and I, I had connected with some energy, uh, at least I believe I did. And um, they came in and everything, and then David uh, kind of laughed and told me later on, he says, uh, that's one thing you would never see, Karen O'Keefe with a, a, a EMF meter in one hand and a dowser in the other. But, I mean, that's the reason I do it, because I want to try to understand all these different methods of spirit communication or tools that they use for spirit communication or even tools used to collect evidence of spirits, you know, uh, spirits if there is such a thing. So, yeah, I mean, if we, if we don't actually go out and buy these pieces of equipment or try them out, we're never going to know for certain whether it's... I, I know we've 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 talked about the K two in the past. Um, it's it's very very easy on the on the face of it. You see, you know, oh, this meter, the lights flash uh, in response to questions. Now, yeah. yeah, gut instinct will would tell me that that's that that's stuff and nonsense. But as a as an objective researcher, I can't simply accept that. I have to go out, and I did went out, got two K twos, and spent several several months actually you know working with them to decide whether it was stuff and nonsense or whether there was something to it um and i think that's the way you know serious research has to work however in ridiculous some of these bits of equipment sound it's, oh, it's not, i have a lot of ridiculous pieces of equipment. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really sufficient just to go out and dismiss it you've got to go out and try it right and I, I know we're coming up to the break. I think there's one minute. But uh, K2, did you have any results with it, or was it totally hogwash, you thought? Uh, absolute hogwash, I'm afraid. We, right. we actually learned to manipulate one. Um, we really? Could get one to, yeah, we could get one to flash to order. We just used the same technique that Taps used. Which is? I, pff, I can't possibly say. Oh, damn. <laughs> but it's very, very easy to have a K2 um, flashed flash to command and we did it we did it in front of a group of people and we ended up with a great question um is this all a load of hogwash well i used a different word and the meter flashed once for yes Mm -hmm. well did it flash yes oh yeah i made it flash yes so it must be true because the spirits told us but wait a minute (laughs) we know spirits can lie so maybe he was lying 
Yeah, maybe. Or maybe I was just manipulating the meter, which I actually oh, was. Anyways, I, I hear the tune, so that means we've got to take a break right now. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles International with uh, Steve Parsons, Mr. Parascience, and the humble Mr. Van Helsing right here on Tojinet Pararex Ghost and Beyond. And we'll be right back after the following messages, and we've got to do our little experiment, too, don't we? Yep. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more. All in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly gooky, the Parrax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parrax family. They're strange, deranged, unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew, it's time to rendezvous. As we give the awards to the Parrax family. Alright. Hi, I'm Ron Kolick, author and lead investigator of the New England Ghost Project, New England's own Van Helsink. And I'm Ann Kerrigan, the blonde bombshell, and I'm the lead investigator of East Bridgewater's Most Haunted. And we'd like to invite you to tune in Ghost Chronicles, the next generation. Every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on www.toginet.com. So, so, yeah, what are they going to hear on this stupid show? What are they going to hear? They are going to hear things that they can't believe are happening. Like uh, Beyond Bizarre. And Cemetery Tripping. Oh, that's your deal, right? Absolutely. Yeah, one of these days you're going to get uh, so scared of one of these cemetery tripping things that uh, you'll, I'll have to get a new co-host. <laughs> I am brave beyond belief. Nothing yeah, we'll see. scares me. Except- so anyways, if you're bored and you got nothing to do on Wednesday night, tune in to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Dan and Ron. See you then. Everything you heard about witches is true. Halloween is the time of year when the shades of the dead whisper from forgotten places and spirits walk among us. The witches of Salem, Massachusetts, honor this time with Festival of the Dead, an annual event series that explores death's macabre customs, heretical histories, and strange rituals. Founded by Salem witches, Sean Poirier, and Christian Day, and hosted by the foremost authorities on the spirit world, Festival of the Dead beckons guests to step through the veil into 
to a mysterious realm where spirits await you. To learn more or to purchase tickets, visit festivalofthedead.com or call 978-740-9783. Happy Halloween! <laughs> And we are back. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Steve Parsons and Ron Kolick right here on Tojanet Parrax, Ghost Channel, and beyond. She and is one seriously scary witch. It's a guy, you know. Is it? Yeah. That is one seriously screwed up witch. Christian Day. <laughs> Christian Day, who is Mr. Salem. Uh, in fact, uh, Spectral Evidence, which is coming up on the 20th, uh, we'll be doing, I think it's our ninth year in Salem. It's a part of the Festival of the Dead, and it's uh, at the Haunted Hawthorne Hotel. Do you know, yeah. do you, know cool. you, you do Halloween so well over there. I was over in the States one one uh, about 10 years ago around Halloween, and it was the coolest time of the year. Every every township and, and small village we were in had you know, haunted house tours and sort of hay rides. It was all... Uh, we were out in the Midwest near Chicago and in, well, Indiana, and um, it was all it was all Sleepy Hollow. It was fabulous. Pumpkins everywhere. Huh. I actually have a comment from the uh, the Parex chat room about you, and evidently, uh, Poochie Bump uh, says I know for a fact that Steve Potts sleeps with a K two meter next to his bed. I do. It's my alarm clock. <laughs> you know what? If you had a K2 meter next to your bed and an alarm clock, that thing would go off all night long. That is, that is the hottest, hottest thing for EMF that I've ever seen. That thing is just, I mean, it never fails me. I'll tell you what, is it the um, the Dr. Gauss? It's probably the noisiest one with that. So what's, the, the Dr. Gauss meter. Uh, oh, it's got that sort of, it sounds I'm like somebody put gonna, going to get, uh, in fact, why don't we play a, a Beyond Bizarre because I'm going to go get my Ghost Meter Pro and uh, bring that back and tell you what that's all about. Oh, so, and, then we've got a qu- and then we've got a question in the Togginet chat room as well we can, fi- we can answer. Okay, we'll get that and we'll get back. Beyond Bizarre. A murdering madam. Patty Cannon was a large woman, said to be equal to a man when it came down to a fight. In the early 1800s, she was known for kidnapping free black people and selling them as slaves. When Cannon was in her 60s, one of her tenants discovered a grave by accident when his plow horse sank into a hollow. He unearthed a blue chest, which he opened to find not a secret stash of cash, but the corpse of a slave trader Cannon had killed years before for a large sum he had been carrying. The tenant went to the authorities, who after many years of turning a blind eye to Cannon's depraved dealings, were forced to arrest her. The investigation of Cannon's property led to the discovery of several other bodies, some of which were children. Cannon's victims never received justice. Rather than stand trial, Cannon poisoned herself in 1829 while in prison. A terrifying tidbit from Valaventura's The Book of the Bazaar. Wow, that's pretty cool. That caught me out. I I thought that was a long one. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, um, you said we have a a question from the Tojanet chat room? 
Yeah, it's addressed uh, Roy Roy in the Toad Unit chat room has asked it, but I, it, it's got my name on it, but I'm th- I think we can both answer this one. Mm-hmm. How far can the production of new gadgets for investigating go on for or can go? As long as people have money. <laughs> as long as people want to take money off people. <laughs> um, but, you know... The, the, um, the ghost hunters have always been a very, very um, inventive lot. I mean, you know, even going right the way back, um, Harry Price, back beyond him to the, the um, Crooks and, and Lodge. The, all of these people were, were exploring the use of technology. And, mm. you know, is the modern ghost hunter really just just spoilt for choice? I mean, we've got iPhone and iPad apps, and I've been on investigations where people are actually using them as genuine investigative tools. Oh, yeah. um, you know, I, I think, to answer Roy's question honestly, I think as long as technology advances, I think somebody, some entrepreneur and some intrepid ghost hunter will try and find some use for it in, in, in the hunt for the paranormal and beyond. Absolutely. And, and you know what's interesting is is like I said, well, you, you definitely got to come out. And, and when we go, we will use absolutely everything, everything. I mean, we get that stupid hack shack that goes in <laughs> 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 time, spits out words that half the time doesn't make any sense. And uh, you know, you got all of the K two meters. You've got those ghost radar apps going. Yep. We've got, uh, you know, the Ghost Pro here meter, and and uh, of course the new. Uh, when I bought the Obelisk X and, uh, you know, it laser grids and I mean, it's all out there. Pendulums, thousand rods. We use it all and it's all out there. We collect whatever evidence it gives us and see if there is a correlation or not. I mean, do you know what would be really cool is turn all of these things on together and put them all on one table. We do. We do. Well, not we all. We do. We do. No. one. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd, I'd set them all up in the middle of a table, in the middle of a seance, and switch the whole lot on and see what happens. <laughs> it's interesting. You know, I mean, some of them are going to feed off each other, so that's you got to be yeah. careful. Well, I'm sure, yeah, but the thing is, I'm sure spirit can deal with that. They can, they can, no, you know, if, if they can select voices out, out of, you know, thousands of radio channels, I'm sure they can deal with a couple of EMF meters interfering with each other and an ion detector bleeping and, you know, yeah. set the spirit to challenge. It's, it's funny because, you know, the EMF, and I understand all about EMF, uh, uh, thanks to this nice paper that uh, some gentleman by the name of Steve Parson had sent me. And, Why, thank you. Uh, yeah, and so, so I understand a lot about it, and... You, you know, you, you can definitely manipulate it, just like you can manipulate any piece of equipment to get whatever results you want. But, I mean, I found out, I remember one time I was uh, I was joking with uh, some of the investigators with, because I had a, a K2 meter in my hand, and I had a camera in my hand. So all I had to do is just put my finger on the little button on the camera, and it sent out another little charge to make the K2 go <laughs> You can also do it with mobile phones as well. Oh, yeah, just keep, mobile just phones. Keep, just keep, just keep, uh, cam- nobody would think that a camera would give off uh, any of that. Uh, well, you and I would. Um, yeah. But it's, it, it is incredible how, how gullible 
Uh, and I, ghost hunters aren't, aren't you know, I'm, I'm not having a go here, but how how accepting, perhaps, is a better word, that some people are, because this maglite thing... Um, oh, God. You know, I... I we were doing, a, there was a public show and tell investigation and I was there trying to sort of say, you know, give, give an idea of what, you know, what people might expect. And one of the things I did, there was a medium conducting um, a seance towards the end of the, the evening and I just put the mag light on the table in the middle of the group of people. Didn't say anything, didn't do anything, just left it there. And of course, after a, a minute or so, it started flashing and I still didn't say anything. And um, within five minutes, the medium and all of the group of people had come up with a name, a character, uh, the whole story. From the based, based purely on the on the flashings and flickerings of my of my uh, maglite. You got a magical um, light? It's not that magical. Uh, it's a very easy trick, as performed on. Is it ghost hunters who use it? Uh, yeah. um, I, I know they use it, yeah. And uh, I, at the end of it, I just reached in, picked it up, and went, "Oh, sorry, it wasn't turned on properly." Um, and then, and then explained to them how it was actually done. But it's it's part of the, this desire, isn't it? Within, I, I guess, all of us really to want something to happen, and then to interpret what does happen as being, you know, supportive of our beliefs and desires. You know, we're, we're there really to have an experience. I mean, that's an important thing, too. When you go and when you do an event or, or you do, you're out with people, before I, I start, you've got to ask each and every one of them, why are you here? Simple question, why are you here? And, and a lot of them will tell you, well, because I want to experience something. And that's why they go and that's their mindset. So they will experience something. Exactly. And... It, it's unfortunate, really, that what they what they do experience is that, you know, that the explanation isn't often given as to why something is taking place if it's normal. Quite often, um, particularly on a public investigation, the investigators will stand back and and encourage the belief that it's paranormal because you know the people are there for a good time. They they've paid the money and they want a spooky night out. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't necessarily subscribe to that one. Um, mm-hmm. You know, somebody's dropping you, somebody's uh, dishing the dirt here on Collingwood Inn. Uh, they've had a number of meters go off all at once while you were there. And they were in the adjacent room doing glass swirling. So, um, well, if it's yeah. glass swirling, you know, I've been here because, you know, I, I'm the great, the great, You're the great of- glass swirler swirling in this part of the country and in fact dowsing is is i've also been a big uh advocate at all and so that's uh-huh. been carried on from person to person but anyways glass swirling is, is a fun i love doing it it's a lot of fun i can laugh i can have a good time and you know whatever results you get i mean that's the cool thing i mean even if you don't believe in it whatever results you get you get it's simple whether it's Manipulated or not manipulated, those are results. So you would connect that with any other material and look at that for whatever they're worth. Uh, but anyways, yeah, we were doing uh, glass swirling at the Collinwood Inn, and uh, we had they had performed a uh, seance there in, in another room. And uh, while they were doing it, I had a bunch of meters on to see if I could pick up any EMF uh, 
or anything that was going on. And uh, anyways, when it was all over, we left all the meters on, on on the table. And then we went in and to the other room and started doing glass swirling. And we made contact. And then Leslie, who was our medium at the time, said, uh, oh, there's somebody new here. And as soon as she said that, all the meters in the other room went off, which was really interesting. As long mm-hmm. as she said that spirit was there, they kept going off. And then when she said they were gone, they all went off, which was kind of cool. So I, like sw- I like swirling things in glasses, like 12-year-old <laughs> malt. Um, but we've, we've got to do uh, our experiment because Cal got 7,000 emails last week. I and, I'd for- and I'd forgotten to tell him it was, they were coming. His inbox okay. was choked for days. We, we actually have to hold that off because we had to get people a chance to uh, get a pen and paper, and we're going to explain it. Um, yeah. Basically, you have uh, Zenodice. Is that what they're called? That's right. Wow, I'm getting good. Usually I butcher people's names and stuff. But Zenodice. <laughs> and there are symbols on it, which is the wavy line, the cross, the circle, the square. And what's the fifth one? Uh, I can't remember what you said now. The cross, the star, the circle, the square, oh, and the wavy line are the five zeners. Yeah. But the dice have an extra symbol. Right, which we are not going to tell you. In, which in, we're not uh, going to tell you what it is. So what we're going to do is we're going to uh, – Steve is going to – not me because I'm on this side of the pond. He's going to throw the dice five times, and we would like you to – um, basically, uh, I don't know, tap into it or, or ask to view. What is it? What are, what are they doing, Steve? Um, it's it's, a, it's a, t- a straightforward ESP telepathy experiment that they okay. are um, visualizing or, or however they want to do it, um, mm-hmm. however they want to um, pick up on the dice, on the symbols, right. the, five, the, the, the five throws. That's right. And um, so what we want you to do is, is uh, do this five times, and then you write down whatever symbol came up that you think came up, or one, however you have tamed it, and uh, put that in an email and send it to, is it info at calcooper.com? That's it. Uh, info at calcooper.com. Right. And at the end of the month, we will draw uh, from all the entries. So every time you enter, you, you, you get an extra uh, entry, and we will give you a um, prize. So there you go. I've got to also so, say that this is a genuine double-blind um, parapsychology experiment because Cal doesn't know the results right. uh, of the, of the, the throws. Um, right. I, of course, don't know the incoming results because they're going directly to Cal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, so it does constitute a proper double-blind parapsychology experiment. So the results can be used meaningfully um, from the emails. You, How you cool know, is that? You know, you know, if we get good results, what Cal will say, he says, well, Steve could have told somebody. <laughs> now, Cal, Cal will go, that's interesting, and then dismiss it. But, but I mean, a lot of parapsychologists do that, no matter what occurs they always say well they always look for the fraud angle of it yeah and it's parapsychology 101 i i don't dismiss you know, everything and then just yeah it's true okay <laughs> so anyways we're going to do that in a, in a couple of minutes so, so we'll get you a chance to uh get your pen and paper and get your mind in the right spot for that so uh just a phone call from the dead i think that's cal because uh, he knows we were talking about it. uh but anyways so we're definitely going to do that in a few minutes. So we were talking about equipment again, and I do have this ghost 
Meter Pro. Now, originally, oh, answer the info. Uh, originally, this was the cell sensor. Are you familiar with the cell sensor? Absolutely. I'm also okay. familiar with the Ghost Meter Pro. Right. Well, the, the, the cell sensor was the, the original one, and then, of course, it was adapted uh, by somebody who was making a dollar and made it a ghost meter, and they actually put that on there, which I always love to poke fun at. But anyways, um, and then they came up with the Ghost Meter Pro. So, you know, you, you brought a, a very valid point um, up earlier in the show about reading instructions. So as soon as I got these Ghost Meter Pros, which, you know, I thought was very similar to the Ghost Meter and the other ones, I threw a battery in it and turned it on and, and you know, checked it out. You know, I put an EMF pump and see what would happen. But, um, you know, I already I, I was working with them improperly. I didn't realize that. And so I actually had to read the instructions to see how they worked. And I saw the video, too. So, But anyways, this is the... Uh, Annoying noise it makes. Can you hear that? Yeah. Or is it some sort of demented electronic cricket? Well, right now it's in uh, dialogue mode. Okay. So we've made contact with the ghost, and we could actually ask it questions, and it will uh, answer us back. Isn't that cool? <laughs> so you've got, you've got the ghost of Jiminy Cricket there by the sound of it. Do you want to talk to this spirit that's uh, evidently... Yeah. Oh, my God. Did you see that? Did you hear uh, that? If you can hear my voice, bleep twice. Well, you got one. Does that count? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> Was that one for no or two for yes? I have no clue. Either you can't hear your voice. You just did it again. This thing is so amazing. I, I it just, I'm, I'm fascinated by it. I didn't have a chance to work with it really. Whoa. Whatever is here is really hot because I just gave us two. So in the dialogue, you can ask questions and it, it will spike. Uh, oh, it did it again, Cal. I mean, uh, Steve. So, so that's, uh, that's amazing. But anyways, uh, let me put this aside because, uh, Anyways, like I was saying, I did get it and I took it out. And, and I realized, you know, I held it like a, you know, a phaser from Star Trek, you know, with my <laughs> top of it. And, 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 and I assumed by reading the instructions and, and watching the video, I, I realized that you hold it up, which kind of annoyed me, but that's all right. So anyways, that's the story on the Ghost Pro 2. I still need more research on it. Uh, it's very irritating that I do know. Uh, but it has four modes. It has the EMF mode. It has a dialogue mode and uh, a couple other ones, which I forget what it is now. But um, we'll definitely look at it. So if everybody's got that pen and paper, we're going to do the uh, Zen uh, test here or whatever. Zenodice. Zenodice test. Wait a minute. I've got to get my paper here. I, I was kind of okay. ready. Well, off kilter. Okay. I am ready. Okay. So first roll. Okay, everybody, clear your minds and prepare for dice number one. The first dice has been cast. Here is dice number two. And number three. Number four. 
And finally, for this session, number five. Okay, that's all done. So email them off to calco- uh, info at calcooper.com and block up his inbox for another week. Very interesting. You know, you know, it's funny is I'm having a problem doing that test, Steve, and I, I, I do have to admit it. Why is that? Because I, I'm getting the results before you throw the dice. And it's irritating me because I'm trying to keep my head blank so that I don't, you know, don't do that. And I just try to pick up other dice. And, <laughs> and for some reason, is that because you're in the future, do you think? Uh, it could be, but there is, there is some, um, some interesting work that's been done on people guessing in advance of the actual throw taking place. Um, yeah, there was, there was work done by the Ryan Institute and also by a British researcher called, uh, a mathematician called Dr. Soul. Um, and they actually, um, when they analyzed the results from, it was card guessing, um, using using xenotype cards that um the the results were actually displaced and so that they were the the get the the recipient or the receiver was one ahead of the sender all the time and the results were actually stronger when when um reviewed that way uh some of the results were later contested uh, as being you know there was a there was a mathematical problem or there was even accusations of fraud laid um but nonetheless uh, the results were interesting for this this forward guessing sigh hmm i don't know i i i i'm not sure why i think it's probably just me to be honest with you We've got a comment in the chat room here from Brian. It says, why don't ghosts of scientists just come through and speak in proper understanding, understand the words? Oh, that's easy. Rather than comms via strange LED or static bursts. Well, in actual fact, Brian, there are lots of accounts where um, the dead, uh, including scientists, have... um, have come through and spoken in, in plain language. Um, although this was pre K two and pre uh, Ovalus days, and Cal's just messaged us. We've given out the wrong email address tonight. It's contact at calcooper dot com, not info at calcooper dot com. Oh, what is it? Um, yeah, so uh, it's contact at calcooper dot com. Oh, yeah. So corrected that anyway. I think it'll still reach him though. It'll just clog up two of his inboxes. Good. Serves him right. Will interfere with his important government work. Yeah, there you go. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah, I mean, I can also explain that too, is because uh, you know that uh, most scientists are atheists, so they all went to hell, so they're not around anyways. <laughs> Hey, no, we know that's wrong because we we we. I think we were talking last week about. Um, yeah, I know. I'm just teasing. About how many actual leading scientists converted to spiritualism um, after they, you know they started off as skeptics. So they're not all in hell. No, um, only only Brian Cox and one or two others. Yeah, and uh, most of the politicians. Um, right. Yeah, well, you're getting around to election season over there, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Thank God the show's nearly ending. We don't have to do a political a political show. No. Anyways, I, I do want to mention one, one more piece of equipment that we didn't talk too much about, and this, of course, is the laser grid, which is getting to be oh. very popular. Oh. 
Yeah. So I just wanted to know your opinion of the laser grid because you know you can catch all the shadow creatures and thingies on it, right? Yeah, I I had the misfortune of uh, encountering this device in a a haunted nightclub. Um, and not only did the the investigators have one of these incredibly irritating laser grid things, but they then I, insisted I understand, on... by the way, the pizza's here, so we only get a couple of minutes yeah. left. They then That's... shone it on the mirror ball in the middle of the ceiling. Oh, cool. It wasn't. It wasn't cool. It was dazzlingly, blindingly bad and <laughs> left me with a splitting headache and poor vision for about three hours. Yeah. So, yeah, I've got no love of them at all. I don't know what... I, I actually have a nice, nice one, a nice... Uh, not one of these pen ones you actually plug it into power and it throws a whole net out over yeah. it. Does it work better if it plays Saturday Night Fever as well? Yeah, it works. It's, it's solid. It doesn't jump around. I mean, and talking about Brian and the Collinwood, when we were doing the seance, I tried to do this with a grid and it was like jumping all over the place. It made me totally nauseous. I thought I was going to be puking all over the place. But <laughs> Actually, it should have been. It probably works best to stay in alive rather yeah, than Saturday Night probably. Fever. Anyways, we're just about out of time. I do want to mention a couple of events that I have coming up, and I don't want to forget. Of course, Spectral Evidence is on the 20th of October, and then on the 27th, we have the Gothic Night of the Living Shadows, where we will attempt to unveil the identity of Jack the Ripper um, with Harry Houdini's help. So, I mean, that's going to be an amazing night in itself. Uh, so that's on October 27th. If you go to my website, which is anyghostproject.com, the letter N, the letter E, ghostproject.com, you can get all ticket information and everything else, which is really cool. So don't you wish you were here for that? Um, I, I told you I'd love to be over there for Halloween. Um, but I've got, I'm, I'm busy also. I'm spending a couple of days with a Wall Street journalist, no less, Ooh. who's going to be doing a feature on the paranormal and making a video program, a TV program for Halloween. Oh, that is so special, Steve. I'm so proud of you. Hey, I've made the Wall Street Journal. That's I fame. know. I, I'm really happy. You'll have to get us the link so that we can post that all over the place. Oh, absolutely. And, and make, make you famous again like you were on Most Haunted. Oh, oh, thank you. So, good night. God bless. Good night. Good night, everybody. Bullies to ghosties, long-legged beasties, things that go boom.